Hey everybody, welcome to the State of the Lakers post-game space, our inaugural spaces, first time ever. <laughs> We're going to try to record it as best we can and get it out for a, a, a podcast after the fact. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, we, you know, Roger and I have been doing this for a while in locker room. Our goal is just to basically hash out everything from the, the game as fresh as we can, give you guys a chance to come up here and, uh, and uh, complain with us. Uh, we'll start uh, with just Raj and I going back and forth, just talking about what we saw, and then we'll bring you guys up to talk. Raj, what was your where, where, where's your frame of mind right now? How are you feeling overall? Well, I guess the first thing was the uh, the news about LeBron leaving the game. Right, I feel like uh, it didn't seem too serious. I didn't see where he he kind of he got hurt at, but that was probably the biggest thing. And then obviously the play of Anthony Davis, man. His uh, I understand he needs to ramp up, right? He needs time to kind of get going here. But we're getting kind of late, and it's obvious that him and the team especially just does not care right now about these games. There's just so little intensity. It has a preseason type of intensity to me, especially on the defensive end. And I think they're really starting to play with fire here. Um, and, again, they have a long leash because of what they did last year in the in the playoffs, and, uh, and that gives you kind of a lot of rope to work with. But uh, they need to start building some chemistry. I think uh, LeBron and AD what, only played – like 20-something games together before he got hurt this year. And then that trio mm-hmm. with Drummond, they're trying to work out, which we'll, we'll discuss Drummond later a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. This team is not playing well. It's clear they do not play. They do not care about these games. Um, you can just tell the way that they're, they're defending. But uh, it's you can, you can critique the process, but this is what the process is right now. Yeah, I don't think they quite understand the gravity of the situation. Uh, they're not a mm-hmm. good – uh, historically in LeBron's career, he hasn't been a good game one type of player. Not that he's not capable of being good in those types of games. He's just, he's a guy who likes to kind of ease his way into playoff series, really right. test out a defense and kind of see where the openings are. And he peaks later in series. That's just kind of been his MO. And that's what makes the play in so dangerous is it takes away one of LeBron's biggest strengths as a basketball player, which is his mental advantage, his ability to make adjustments that other superstars do not make. That's one of his strengths. And by putting yourself in a play-in setting, you open yourself up to uh, uh, to that type of uh, a risk. And then to couple that with the fact that their defense looks like absolute dog shit right now, um, which, by the way, right. is not something that clicks on overnight. It's one of the big reasons why they've struggled in game ones is they bring crap effort to start a series, and then they kind of start to feel like their backs against the wall a little bit. And then they step up and start playing defense. But like with those two things together, you put yourself at risk and their play. What happened tonight in a vacuum doesn't matter. They're a better team than the Raptors. It's not a matchup thing. It's literally just them not uh, bringing the requisite effort. Uh, like the, like the, especially without OG and an it's not like they had a bunch of wings to force LeBron and AD to work harder than usual. an effort problem which in a vacuum doesn't matter but when you look at the situation that's when it becomes scary i don't understand why they don't see the the gravity of the situation they're literally now as of right this second tied for the seven seed yeah and could and you, potentially be in a plan right you make a good point about that and even just even looking back even larger than just lebron being able to adjust to a team like usually in a seven game series the better team wins right like for the most part seven game mm-hmm. series the better team will win at four out of seven in a playing game, like, look, the Lakers are going to be favored in any playing matchup, but you never know. In a two-game, one-game one game sample, anything can happen. Uh, but, it, I mean, it's just like all of us here, I feel like everyone listening pretty much, uh, nobody wants to play the Clippers in the first round, right? But this Laker team obviously is betting on their health, and I don't think they see any of these West teams in some different tier. Like, I feel like they, they feel like they can just come in and play anyone, and it's a dangerous, dangerous game they're playing here, but... They just want to get themselves healthy. And you saw LeBron leave the game early here, which means next game they're probably going to be even more cautious. Um, and I just don't see them. Maybe tomorrow Denver uh, gets their attention, but you just watch this team defend, and they're just not locked in at all. They, there's still eight full games left, and that looks like a long road for them. I don't think they'll start picking up to like three, four games. And if they're really getting like into dangerous playing tournament, right, I think there's still like a game ahead, or, or they're tied with with Portland and Dallas right now. But if that, mm-hmm. if that gets even less, maybe they'll start, start really taking this serious, but it's, it's clear that they're just trying to get through these healthy, just like they did in the, the bubble seating games, even though the situation and the seedings are totally different. Well, and the seating is totally up in the air because everyone's tied. Like there are so many different 
combinations of different playoff matchups that might end up happening here because mm-hmm. of how clustered everything is like Dallas and the Clippers very well might end up, or excuse me, not Dallas, Denver and the Clippers could finish three or four. Like either one of those are in play Phoenix right. and Utah one or two, either one of them's in play all Dallas, Dallas and, and uh, Portland and, and LA are all tied. Like it could be anything. So you'd think at that point, understanding that so much is up in the air, they would at least just try to get their fundamentals and their identity really dialed in because identity is what you lean on when you can't make adjustments. When you are in a play-in type of setting, if that's what they end up in, they're going to need to uh, adjust on the fly. They won't have you know, a seven gamer to get all that stuff dialed in. But I want to talk about AD for a second because this is getting really bad because everything else, you know, you could theoretically say like, you know, if the right. are healthy and have all their guys are going to be fine, blah, 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 blah. But Anthony Davis looked like somewhere between the second and fourth, fifth most best, best player in the world uh, when he was in the bubble. Yep. He doesn't look like that at all this year. And nope. if you go on my Twitter feed, I took a couple of clips, um, but you don't have to look at my clips. If you just watch these games, you can tell like he's, he, he genuinely isn't engaged on that end of the floor. And that used to be his identity. That used to be his thing that he did primarily in his offense was kind of a cherry on top of that. It's like, for whatever reason, that whole, that whole like facet of his game has been put on the back burner this season. And I think it's a problem because they actually need him. Like the Lakers defend with their guards and with Frank and with effort and all this stuff, but their defensive ceiling, which is what they actually need to win the title. The stuff that will allow them to shut down the very best offenses. That's all Anthony Davis and LeBron. And they need to actually get back to that level or a lot of this is smoke and mirrors and they're going to be in big trouble if they run into a good offense. Right. And we can look at all these like X's and O's and look at film and all that. But I'm not sure what you can look at if the effort isn't there. Right. The Lakers are trapping all these ball screens. They're having Drummond come up high. And AD is the help man. He's the one that has to, to stop the roll and get out to the shooters. And he's literally just standing there. I mean, last game against Sacramento, Rashawn Holmes got whatever he wanted in the paint. And I'm just not sure what you can take out of any of this um, going forward, like what can Vogel even look at? Like a lot of us like to cre- critique Andre Drummond a lot, but how how can I even tell if the Andre Drummond AD pairing is going to work if AD's not, you know, going at his full strength? And you said AD hasn't been a top ten player this year. I mean, that's absolutely true. He he came into this season and Laker fans have given him, you know, a big benefit of the doubt. And I think he still has a lot of it. He came in, he wanted to go slowly through the season. And it was understandable, seventy one day off season, but the time is here. Like this, like he he cannot be still sleepwalking through these games and it's, but maybe that's what he's been told to do by the coaching staff. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know, maybe they're telling him just stay cautious, but he's just not um, where he needs to be. And and it's just tough to really like look at any of the, the X's and O's and look at like what plays are working or not. If he's not engaged, because the Lakers defense needs him to be a top. I think he can be the second best player in the league. Like that's his ceiling in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He reached it a few times and he's nowhere, nowhere near that. So that's, that's the most concerning thing with this team. All the other stuff are so ancillary. Like Andre Drummond, he's not going to me. He's not going to decide the Lakers' title chances, right? Ben McLemore, all these other guys. Like it's on the stars. It's on those guys to get it going. And it, and now the pressure's on because these seeding games are. You don't want to be in there. Like they can say what they want, but they don't want to be in that. Like play, you know, one game, two game elimination coming up here. Exactly. Anything can happen. I mean, I mean, like like John Morant could be the nine seed and just get super hot and shoot you out of the playoffs. Like. Anything right. can happen. And, and, and like, again, and you made the great point. It's like, it doesn't matter about those ancillary pieces, but when you actually like, look at the end of the first half, when you play your best lineup, which is KCP, Alex Caruso, Kuzma, LeBron, AD, Hey, maybe you can swap Caruso for Schroeder. If he's, if he's healthy, depending on what your need is, but that's probably one of their two very best lineups that they can put together. And they were getting run off the floor. That last right. stretch at the end of the first half, it went from, you know, eight to 15 in a handful of possessions. Like it, it, it was, it was really embarrassing. And, you know, as, as far as Anthony Davis goes uh, with, with him kind of like getting it going, like it's still there. I know you guys saw in the fourth quarter, there was that possession. Kyle yeah. Lowry, Kyle Lowry mixes Anthony Davis up, crosses him over, which happens when you're a bigger player and you're going against a quick guard, but he trails behind Kyle Lowry, bothers him enough where he has to do a drop off pass and, I can't remember if it was Ken Birch or someone else, but caught the ball and went up with like a floater from like eight feet. And AD just swallowed that thing, just came flying in, like completely changed direction from guarding Kyle Lowry on the drive, turned around, elevated. His arm literally goes to the top of Staples Center and, and blocks the mm-hmm. shot out. 
uh, I think Utah Watanabe ended up making a crazy floater off of the chaos that surrounded him. Yeah. You know, you're like, you're like, whoa, like that's Anthony Davis. And then two possessions later, he's not paying attention to his man off the ball. Uh, uh, and uh, Pascal Siakam flares up to the wing, catches the ball. AD's slow on his closeout, gets beat middle, and gives up a layup. And probably should have been an and one because he recklessly swatted down at the ball at the end. Like that's like two possessions after you see this flash of the old AD. He's back to like fundamental stuff that they teach you in AAU or in youth basketball about playing defense. Like it's just I, I my thing with this kind of stuff is like don't overstress yourself out about not caring as much as they do, because there's probably some reason why they don't care. However, I think it's okay as fans to, yeah. to, to give them some, to give them some crap about it. You know what I mean? Like, like they deserve to go on their phones tonight and see a, a fan base. That's all really upset about their effort. Cause it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. And I think, I think you hit on what's like the frustrating part of it is it feels like it's more mental mistakes, right. than like physical than him not being able to do something. It just feels like there are a lot of mental mistakes, like the closeouts, are awful. He he jumps. He does stuff that's just not stuff that Anthony Davis does. Like I think uh, somebody pump faked at the rim and he jumped and they got an easy layup out of it. Just stuff that AD doesn't do when he's locked in. And and we've seen it right. Not even a year ago, we saw in the playoffs last year what he's capable of. He's capable of shutting down full on defenses pretty much by himself as a roller help man. And you know there's other things that can help him. Obviously he's playing the four here. I think he's he's better as a five on both ends of the floor, but. But yeah, he's just not where he needs to be. And the mistakes feel like they're more just mental engagement mistakes, just walking through um, these games when, you know, this is time to get reps in. You see these other teams. We watched an awesome game today between the Bucks and the Nets. Um, those two teams look ready to go, right? Like those mm-hmm. two teams locked in to a playoff. And the Lakers look like it's game 10 of the regular season. <laughs> like they're, mm-hmm. just, they're just getting started when, uh, when, when we're going to get started pretty quickly here. So that that seems like the most the thing that's bothering a lot of people is that these feel like mental mistakes, not just physical. And, you know, he has to get back in conditioning. Like he missed like 20 something games. It's understandable, but uh, it, but it's just like it, the engagement has to be there now. Like that, that's where I think, uh, that's where I think most people are frustrated. At. Yep. I agree. And, I mean, if we want to add a, a silver lining to this, like it does vaguely resemble what happened in the seeding games. There was, uh, I remember it's actually my, my, it was on my birthday last year. They were playing Indiana, I think. In, like in the, the bubble? Yeah, in like their, oh, fourth, yeah. their fifth game of the bubble. And they had just lost the game uh, to somebody. I can't remember who it was. And it kind of felt like this. Like it felt mm-hmm. like, hey, like they don't need this game, but hey, like they probably should start playing better soon. And Indiana just, just beat them. Just Indiana <laughs> just beat them. And, yeah. and I'm literally sitting there. I'm like, I cannot believe how bad they look right now. And that was when the following day when all the talk shows and stuff were talking about when the Lakers are in trouble and stuff. The one big difference between that, though, is like like that Laker group was going to that billionaire's house, wherever the heck it is, and, and playing pickup. And, and they were oh, all yeah. kind of in rhythm. Like LeBron is LeBron is not like uh, his original self yet. Like that's going to take some time. So that wrinkle in there and then Anthony Davis sure as hell isn't. So that wrinkle is what makes it different. Like theoretically, they've shown this kind of malaise before a playoff run, but LeBron and AD were LeBron and AD. So that's where that's where this gets tricky. Is you just hope against all hope that that whatever's going on with LeBron and AD can be fixed because uh, the, the effort and stuff will certainly be there when the time is right. Yeah, and the, and the thing we kept saying right is that the Lakers had the number one defense, and then we're adding LeBron and AD to it. Right, that was the whole thing. That's what people were excited about and it feels like what has happened is ad and lebron came back and the whole team just backed into where they are right like they're trying to get through in rhythm and the whole team just decided together to to drop their intensity um and that's why i just keep going back to those bubble games because the lakers identity even from last year was that they played hard every night right they they played hard every night up until the bubble games and that's where we were Mm -hmm. so surprised and even this year they played hard pretty much every night when lebron and ad went out the team was competitive played hard defended hard the guards were uh, fighting over screens, being really, uh, being really tough, um, really tough to score on still. And people are shocked. Like, they, oh, wow, the Lakers have the fourth best defense without, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, or fourth best defense without LeBron and AD. And, and now this is where the team just looks like they've dropped back um, all the intensity, all the, uh, all the focus that they need. So that's, that's kind of the frustrating part. But I understand it's not the same as the bubble, but it just feels like they, they're comfortable wherever they end up in the seating. And that's, 
you can critique the process, but that's just where they that's just where they're sitting. So the the silver lining is that this is not them going at their best, right? Uh, I saw somebody I think tweeted me today. They said, uh, "This may be just who they are," and I'm just like, "That's not who they've been. Like this is this is. I mean, it's not that recent, but this is not who they've been. They've been a really good defensive team all year." Um, up until AD and LeBron came back, this is kind of when the big uh, drop has happened. So that's the silver lining to me. There's still a lot. Of, there's still eight games left. Still time to kind of fix this, but they, they need to start now. Nope, I 100 percent agree. And I, and for the record, I'm I'm of the opinion that that blame should be placed at the feet of LeBron and AD um, because if you're defending and your stars come back and the effort tails off, I think it's because your stars have come back and they personally are not approaching it with the same intensity that everyone else was. And then I think if, you know, I was talking about like a waterfall effect, it just kind of like percolates to everybody. And then everybody just kind of plays with a little less intensity and everybody plays with a little less focus. Um, so I, I, that, that, that to me is like one of the biggest compliments I can play, pay Steph Curry is like Steph Curry may not be the defensive force that an Anthony Davis is, but because he plays his ass off on defense, it percolates down to his teammates. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Steph Curry has been on elite defenses every year, even though he's not an elite defensive player. I think it's just because he sets the tone. And I think it's okay to to give the the leaders of the team some some criticism for for kind of slipping that responsibility. Um, as far as rotations go, I thought it was interesting because there's a lot of criticism about a lot of rotation stuff for good reason, like too much drumming with Anthony Davis. Yeah. They closed the game with Drummond and THT. I don't know what that was about. They had um, uh, like Ben McLemore, who's like a seamless, perfect LeBron teammate. You know, this guy who's just like a absolute gunslinger with a super fast release that if you even shade a little bit too far into the paint, LeBron just can throw one of his baseball passes and he can have catch and shoot threes all day. It, uh, Vogel wasn't really pairing them for whatever reason. Like it just there's a lot of rotation stuff that doesn't make sense. But if you remember those quotes from Vogel, especially with Drummond, he goes, you know, we're a believer in this trio. And that reminds me a lot of what he used to say about Rondo. If you remember, he used to say the same thing about Rondo. We believe in Rondo. We know, oh, we man. know that because yeah, because I think somebody asked him in a post game presser about all the net rating stuff with Rondo, and he's like, "We believe in Rondo. Like we we believe in this this uh, you know this pairing." And if there's one thing you can maybe lean back on is that maybe when LeBron and AD start trying and everything really comes together in the postseason, maybe there is some value there next to an engaged LeBron in an engaged AD where Drummond right. looks where, where he looks like a valuable piece. But who knows? Like you said, how can you know when AD's out like literally catting in these games? It's just it's just ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And the, the things that Drummond is good at, we're just not playing to them, right? Like he's trapping every ball screen. I thought like I thought Drummond and AD would switch a lot more and they're not. Um, AD's been pretty much just the help guy while Drummond has to like trap and then also get back. That's why we're giving up so many lobs and like guys catch it in the dunker spot and they just get easy layups time after time, right? Because Drummond, he just doesn't have the ability to like tr- stop the ball handler and then still get up and like take away that lob pass, which is supposed to, again, AD's the help guy there. But yeah, that's he's just not being put in the bet. And look, he struggled as well. I just. And they keep in my notes here. I put like they kept, Grant Hill put it nicely. They said uh, they're trying to establish Drummond in the post, which I thought was just a really nice way to put it. But it's just way too many, <laughs> way too many Drummond post ups. Like I think like the first ten possessions were like four Drummond post ups, and he just it either goes in or it's like an awful air ball off the rim, and uh, it, it's just weird what they're doing. And none of this like pertains to the playoffs, right? Like at least we think none it's of a waste of possession, man. Exactly. You don't get get anything out of it. And and to me, I, I said this a lot. I feel like Drummond is the JaVale replacement. Like we, we saw him as the mm-hmm. Dwight Howard replacement. But just watching him, I just I see him as the JaVale replacement. Like he, he's going to play the five right now. He's going to he's going to bang bang low. So AD doesn't have to. But once the playoffs comes, hopefully um, I'm just thinking positively here. Gasol will be that, you know, defense of the player of the year, former defensive player of the year like Dwight was. And again, he's not the same type of player Dwight is, but just that experience, I think, will be leaned on more in the playoffs. Uh, Drummond is getting these minutes now. And, and Vogel, you know, Vogel's a smart guy. He understands. Like, he, he knows that there's no way you can just keep Drummond out here this long against really good playoff teams, let alone what, what's going on against teams like Sacramento, Toronto, all those. But, again, you don't know because, like you said, we need to engage LeBron and AD to really understand what's, what's going on, and we're not getting that. And I don't know when, when we're going to get it, honestly. So we might just walk into the playoffs kind of blindfolded. Um, and, and hope, hope things work. 
I just want to see it look good once. I just want to know that it's still in there somewhere. And if there is one silver lining, like the one team that you'd be potentially worried about playing in the first round would be the Clippers, right? Just because they're a bad matchup for the Lakers in a vacuum. And so throw in the the circumstances and it gets even more scary. But the silver lining there is that the Clippers are all banged up. And Kawhi's basically on a minutes restriction because he's dealing with, I think it's stuck with his foot. And it's like they kind of had had, they've had some similar problems. Uh, so that would, that would kind of make it so that both teams are probably wary of each other. Um, but yeah, I, I would just, I would just like to see it look good once. And then one last note on Drummond and then, Hey, everybody who's here, if you would like to hop in and uh, talk with Raj and I send out a request and we'll start taking guests here in a second. Um, uh, but the one thing with Drummond that I think is, is troublesome as far as his defensive, uh, his, his defense translating to the postseason is just his reaction time. Um, you know, like when he can stand yeah. still, like when he's in a coverage where he's already in the paint and he can just kind of wave around with his hands, he's good with his hands. Uh, the problem is, is he's got, he's slow. Um, his, he's slow with like his first step. Uh, and that affects him on defense when he needs to be kind of, uh, in open defending in space. And, and the example I give is that one it's on my Twitter feed where Kyle Lowry's coming off of a, basically a pin down, um, that has him coming up to the top of the key and Drummond, like, sees it coming and like right as the pin down's happening, like I think Watanabe or someone cuts across the floor and he kind of gets there and he body checks him and then he goes up to the screen because, you know, Kyle Lowry's good shooter. You have to be there, uh, you know, if, if the guy who's trailing is a step behind, but he's not actually there. Like he, he reacts and he's slow. He's not off Kyle, but he still completely leaves the role man and Kyle Lowry drops it off to the role man who, goes down to the layup and scores over AD because AD apparently can't protect the rim anymore. But the point being is that Drummond, like he's reading the plays, like he knows where he's supposed to be, but he just, he's slow with his feet. He's not mobile. What makes Trez even functional in the Laker defense, even though he can't protect the rim is he's mobile and he plays hard and he can be in these rotations and fly around and, and, and help cover for some of his size mistakes just as a mobile defender. But like Drummond, it's just kind of this like counterintuitive fit with the rest of their defense because he can't move his feet uh, in open space as well as they need him to uh, in order to to be of any sort of value. Yeah, and then I just wanted to like before we open this up, um, I think you said that the Lakers were closing with a strange lineup, right? We had like THT and, and Drummond, and a lot of the part of that is like LeBron didn't come back in the game, but that's another thing. It's just like the unseriousness of of like the rotations, right? It's a lot of experimenting. And again, like they did this in the bubble games as well. We played a lot of J.R. Smith, a lot of Deion Waiters. So maybe it can work, but this is a, the whole new team. And something I had in my notes here was like, these are the unintended like consequences of like just tricking off a lot of these games, right? Is that like you get, you get really lackluster effort on a lot of plays. And like, we're playing Ben McLemore a bunch of minutes. Like, I just don't know if he's playable in a lot of playoff rotations um, because <laughs> of, his de- of, his, of his defense, right? Like, unless he's scorching hot from three, He's an unconscious shooter, which I think is a is a good thing and a bad thing at times. Like he doesn't know what a bat or he doesn't really have to be wide open to shoot, which I think this team kind of needed. But when you're like when you're missing, you're going like, oh, oh I'm not sure what he shot tonight. Um, I don't think he uh, he made a three, if I remember correctly. But did he get um, a bunch he, of great looks, though? Where were his good looks? You're not playing him with one of the best three point uh, generators in league history. Like, that's the part that bothers me. I can't give up on McLemore until he plays with LeBron. Right, but I'm just talking from his defense, though. Like no, I feel I like he gets with you there. Uh, his, his, whole... like he gets back uh, a lot, and yeah, no, no, for sure, he should be playing solely with LeBron, right? Like he, he should not be playing with, uh, especially when there's no shot creators. And then again, another thing that like bothered, we're running just so much THT screen and roll. Oh which my I just god, don't, man! Like and, and look, THT's awesome. I'm super high on him, but like again, I just don't think that stuff will happen in the playoffs. Which again, just furthers the point here. What's the point of this when we're like eight games away from when these games start really mattering? So that's that's my thing with the with the game tonight. Like you said, it doesn't matter in the in the vacuum. Like it, it's a loss to Toronto or tied for the seeding or whatever. None, none of this really matters in the in the grand scheme. But it, it's time to start getting rotations that are going to play. Uh, this is still a brand new team. Dennis Schroeder's out with COVID protocols. We don't know when he'll come back. Him and AD have barely got to play together. Him, LeBron, and mm-hmm. AD have barely got to play together, and he's supposed to be the starting point guard, creating a lot of shots in the playoffs. So that's that's my issue here is that we're in, I don't know how much of this you can translate or Vogel can even look on film and be like, okay, this is where I need to change things because the effort just isn't there. They're just trying to get healthy and get through these games. And maybe that works out. Maybe the healthiest team wins this year. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the number one thing, but. But I guess we'll see. 
Yeah, and uh, this is the last thing I'll say uh, before we bring our first guest on. But like, it reminds like in my opinion, when when things are not going as planned, you shouldn't be more experimental. You should go back to what's tried and true. The 2018 Cavs did this. If you guys remember, they got into a big. Uh, they basically got by an eight ball against Indiana, and uh, they went in, into Indiana in Game Six in the first round. Got absolutely blitzed. That was the game that Victor Oladipo dunked all over LeBron. And uh, what did they do in Game Seven? They went back to Tristan Thompson. There was less Larry Nance. There was less Rodney Hood. There was a lot of LeBron, Derek Smith, Kyle Korver, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson. They went back to something that was tried and true because they knew that you know what all the experimenting, uh, trying to get something to to work with what was new wasn't working. So they went back to lineups that they had had success with. And so I just wish that they would, you know, at least to try to gain, regain some rhythm going into the postseason, that you'd see more, you know, traditional lineups with, you know, AD at the five, you know, LeBron surrounded by shooting, all any, anything that has historically worked rather than like, hey, maybe this will work. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand the, the, the strategy there. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and... Um, let's see, Alex, I'm going to try you, man. Let me know if, if this works. Yo, Alex, what's up? Alex, can you hear us, man? All right, no Alex. <laughs> let's try uh, Trevor. Yo, Trevor, what's up? Trevor, you got anything for us, man? All right, there's no Trevor. <laughs> Maybe Let's on see. the settings or something? Do we have to? It should be working. I think there's just some people that requested a while back that aren't still active. Oh, uh, Maples. Look at this. <laughs> What's up, man? Can you hear us? What's going on, man? <laughs> What's popping? Hey, talk us <laughs> off the cliff, man. I know. Uh, well, I just saw Vogel's quote seven minutes ago. We're not trying to experiment in any way right now. We're trying to win games. And that is the scariest thing I've heard all season. <laughs> I, I, I refuse to believe that. I, I just want to tap that. in and say that's the scariest shit I heard all season. Him <laughs> saying that they are legitimately trying to win right now. He is not serious uh, going out there with Drummond and THT with six minutes in the fourth quarter. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't, uh, I can't I refuse to believe that. I don't understand how he could say that. Uh, and he's not even playing shooting with LeBron. If you're trying to win games, you got to play shooting with LeBron and AD so that he can get going. But I, oh man, that's frustrating. Okay, so I know I'm not being crazy. I understand you trying to get Drummond going, but Gasol going from starting center to DMP is that not ridiculous? Yeah, it is getting kind of ridiculous. I mean, I hope they they're having like some pre. Pre pregame talks on this, like, hey, you're gonna play tonight. You're gonna play tomorrow night, not tonight. Kind of like give him a game, game off here. Um, that that's what I hope is happening, and just so he's ready and he's he's okay with it. Obviously, his quotes weren't that great either when the Trump signing <laughs> right. when the Trump signing happened. But um, but then after that, his quotes got a little bit better. But yeah, that's what I hope is happening. I'm, I mean, everyone's professional here. I think Vogel is pretty um, pretty good at kind of explaining these things. So. Yeah, but it is weird that he got zero minutes tonight. But it's just the rotation is too much. They have Trez, Drummond, and then also AD they're trying to get into. So I guess they're just telling Gasol. Hopefully he plays tomorrow. Yeah, because that's my be trouble. I, I, yeah, I was looking at this back-to-back because if I recall, his best game of the season was against the Raptors, if I recall. It was like 15, yeah. four blocks. Uh, it was a couple threes. Right? Is, am, I, am I right in belief? I think that's right. And then yeah. the first Nuggets game they played – in Staples, that's the best defense I've seen on uh, Jokic all year. So I'm, I'm hoping that tomorrow he gets at least a, a good 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully. <laughs> you got to try something again. You got to try something to try to open things up. And 
Uh, and for the record, he's kind of turned into a little bit of a Caruso effect from last year where, you know, the fan <laughs> right. base is, is begging him to play. And then every time he does, it's like, oh, look, Marcus Hall's plus 11 again. You know? <laughs> that's that, that's kind of the, the Marcus Hall experience. And for the record, basketball isn't that complicated. Like when you watch him play, like go watch that second quarter. Uh, against Sacramento, just everything opens up when he's on the spacing, field. passing, space. mm-hmm. everything, defensive really? position. Yeah, and then on your Vogel quote, there's just no way because AD didn't even play any minutes at the five tonight. Zero, zero minutes at yeah. the five. I, I, thought, I thought he played a couple. There was one. They were just right before. Right before. Okay. Yeah, I must have yeah, that. Yeah. Most of, but most of it was Trez and AD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, AD it's, is is not is not playing. It's shen- it's shenanigans, fellas. I'm calling shenanigans <laughs> on Vogel's quote. I'm calling shenanigans on everything that we're hearing about the Lakers right now because it just does not make sense. Hey, man, what's up, man? What's up, fellas? I just I just wanted to you know usually I just sit in the background and lurk, uh, but then this uh, conversation was very productive. Uh, so I just want to say good evening to you guys. Uh, wonderful <laughs> job with the space. I always enjoy uh, listening to people's spaces and just kind of hearing what what everybody has. To think about um, my only two cents on on the what's going on right now is, um, I do think it's a conditioning thing. I know a lot of fans are panicking um, because we are at risk of going into the play-in and stuff like that. Um, so I, I definitely understand that. But just I, I think Jason, you made a um, you made a good point earlier uh, when you guys started the space where, and I think Rod, you you followed up that the drop off on the defensive end. It, Man. It, it's so bad that it, it's almost unbelievable. Like it's almost by design that they're not trying, you know right. what I mean? Like it's, yeah. you, I don't know how you go from a team. Okay. We just lost to the, to the Raptors, right? This team had, I think OG, I don't know. I can't remember if Pascal played in the game in Toronto, but I know Gary Trent Jr. Played in that game. They, they had a few other guys. I know they didn't have Lowry, but like we, Blew them out without Braun and AD, and then to magically lose the game in the fashion that we did today—at least on, on the defensive end—you know what I mean? Like it's so bad that it has to be by design, and so that's why I'm just calling shenanigans. You know, obviously I'm I'm more optimistic, um, but uh, than other folks. Um, so that that's all I have to say about that. And I, I'll just say this: it it doesn't make sense that Vogel magically, you know. You have two guys in West Matthews and Gasol who have been consistent, consistently good on the defensive end, and you're yeah. a defensive-minded coach. And then we add Andre Drummond, which is like basically adding like a J.R. Smith, you know, at, at the center. <laughs> like, you know, oh man! Like we're at, we're adding guys, and then all of a sudden we're like, yeah, we're committed to this guy. We're gonna we're gonna run with him. And and I think Raj, you you hit it on the head. I think if you think of Drummond as the Javale role, where it's very very situational with him. Um, we know what we get out of Gasol, man. The moment he steps on the floor, it's all positive stuff. So I, I think, you know, he's just he's an innings eater. He's just going to eat up a lot of minutes. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. Lakers just need to get healthy. Right. Last thing before I get off, I'm going to let y'all rock. Kuz just said, uh, McTan just sweet tweeted, Kuz said Gasol should be playing. So there you go. The players. <laughs> there we go. That's, yeah, there I, love, we go. I love that. Kuz speaks his mind. So that's. Uh, y'all be good. smooth, man. Take it easy, Jason. Thanks for hopping in, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Vinay, what do you what, what do you make of Drummond? As is, do you think he's completely useless, or do you think there is a potential <laughs> for him to become useful if LeBron and AD are peaking? I, I think Drummond has very good feet on the defensive end. Um, when he gets he gets pulled out on switches, I think that's an advantage that he probably has over Gasol because Gasol's a little bit uh, you know he doesn't get into a stance. Drummond does try to get into a stance defensively. Um, so I don't think he's useless. Uh, I, I think he has some struggles. Uh, I think you described a play earlier where he kind of picked off um, a pass from Lowry off the floor where he kind of, uh, what's it called? I think it was like a pocket pass or something to yeah, somebody out of the pick does. and roll action. He, mm-hmm. He's good at picking them up off the floor, but I think Drummond's largest issue is he tries to play the passing lane like a hockey goalie does. Like he, he's trying to figure out where the ball is coming from so he can pick it off. And so when you run into a guy like Luca, like a guy who's a little bit bigger, um, he can seal those passes right over him. And that, that's a problem, especially if AD's not playing weak side defense. So um, I don't think he's useless. That was a long answer, but I don't think he's useless. Uh, but I think he's very situational. I have a saying that I like to say is that if you're not generational, 
in the modern NBA, you're situational. And I think Drummond is a situational player. And uh, Vogel will have to be really good with his minutes. Yeah, and I just don't like the situation that they're also putting him in. Like, they're, tra- they're trapping every single ball screen with him. And they're making him have to, like, stop the ball handler and stop the lob guy. Right? He just can't jump like that. He doesn't take away the lob. So I feel like the – are you seeing that same kind of thing, Vinay? Uh, when you see like the like him trying to take away lobs, and it seems like we're we're giving up a ton of dunks, um, and even at the rim, like he's just not a guy that's protecting the rim. And the way AD is helping right now is just it's compounding the problem to where like what J- me and Jason were talking about earlier is that it's, it's tough for Vogel to even kind of gauge what's going on. I feel like because yeah. he doesn't even know if it's working. Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, I that has that's been sort of one of those other things that like it's been so bad compared to what it's been all season, it's like, this is not even, it's, I don't even know how you can possibly be this bad in this coverage that you right. guys have been running all season. So I, I think, you know, I think Vogel probably has certain principles. We know that he has containment principles that he likes to have his guards play. Like if you can't stay in front of your guys, at least try to contain them, you know, like send them into, into your bigs and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think one of the things that he's probably trying to get Drummond to be better at, um, because he, he does have decent hands is, uh, at least defensively. Um, I think he's trying to get him to do kind of what Gasol does. Like Gasol's an amazing trap, a, a, like yeah. an amazing trapper. He, he knows how, where the passing angles are. Drummond Super doesn't. smart. Yeah. yeah, so I, I think that's what he's trying to get to. Um, but obviously, look, you know, if, if that pass makes it out of the trap, you have it's a whole over. weak side. Yeah, the weak side's <laughs> open. And if AD is just going to watch people dunk it, I mean, <laughs> exactly. look, look at the names that have done it, right? Alex Len, Rashawn Holmes. Dwight Powell, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't Bamba the, the, or Magic Kid, it was the, the other guy that they were playing. Um, I can't, his name escapes me. But it, every single big man has just, you know, kind of dominated the Lakers. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see. I wonder if it's a scheme thing, it's a coaching thing. Um, but it, it's just been so bad that it's, it's not believable. That's, this is the way I have to say it. And there's something to be said about uh, Dennis suddenly being removed from the lineup, messing with their offense, not even because they're incapable of scoring without him, because they certainly are. I mean, they won a championship without him. But it's it's hard to go from a guy like Dennis, who's had who has the ball in his hands so much, suddenly not having the ball at all. And then and then all of a sudden, all of these guards who had been getting the ball a lot less are now getting the ball a lot more and you know, LeBron does a lot of playmaking, but he's not a, a give it to me every time type of guy, the way that Luca or James Harden is. So like, it's one of those things where I, I think that kind of threw them for a loop a little bit. A bunch of different things got dis, got discombobulated. And uh, uh, I, I tend to think that, that the talent and stuff is still there. My main concern is just will LeBron and AD be LeBron and AD? Cause if they aren't, there's 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 no point in even doing this. There's just too much talent in the league right now. The teams they have to go through are too good. The, the, the only way any of this works is if LeBron is the best player in the world and AD is the fourth best player in the world. That's the only way this works. If you're going to yeah, be Brooklyn, I, if you're going to be the Clippers, if you're going to be Denver. Right. Yeah, I would say my, if, if I could offer any sort of maybe silver lining uh, for any of the folks that are listening that are Laker fans um, that, that, you know, I've watched the, those Kobe and Shaq years. Um, that, that year after they won their first championship, they were notoriously bad on, like they were bad all season on defense. And this Laker team wasn't, uh, up until AD and LeBron came back. You know, I, I don't know if they think that they can just turn on a switch LeBron and AD specifically. Um, but if, if they do think that they could do that, it seems like that's what they're trying to do because there's, you know, I, I think one of the easiest tells is the fact that on the offensive end, LeBron was deferring a lot to Alex Caruso. And we was, you know, they were running yeah. like a two-man game. Like Caruso's trying to set up Drummond post plays. And I was just like, what is it? This offense doesn't even make any sense. Like, this is not even something <laughs> that we've done all season, you know? And so I think that's something – it's been so different that it, it just doesn't make any sense. That play where Kyle Lowry finished um, that layup to close the half, LeBron's about to jump uh, yeah. to, to defend it. And then last minute he decides not to. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because that's definitely a play that LeBron would have made like in a real, you know – real do or die sort of situation. So yeah, we you know, saw him I, make those plays in the postseason nonstop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, uh, I, I think all the stuff you guys are mentioning is, is valid. You know, AD may be a little bit tentative because of his injury. Braun may be a little tentative because of his injury. Um, but Hey, we, we don't have the luxury of having like a five game lead, uh, over this, over the two seed like we did last time. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see how it shakes out. 
Um, then they hang out as long as you want, man. I'm going to try to get a couple more people in here for yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to call it for the night. I just want to, you know, jump in, contribute. And, uh, you know, you guys are doing a heck of a job. And I hope everybody listening and you guys have a wonderful evening. I'll be lurking in the background for sure. <laughs> Appreciate Thanks, you, man. man. Thank see, you. See you later, buddy. All right. Let's do uh, – let's get two people up here to ask questions and then we'll call it a night since it's super late. And then I'm sure Raj and I may even do another one of these tomorrow. Let's see. Let's try DJ. Yo. Yeah, you're right. I think people people requested a while back and probably forgot. Oh, goodness. All right, hang on one second. <laughs> Let's try AJ. AJ, what's up? What's going on, y'all? How's it going, man? Thanks for having us, man. What yeah, man, say? of course. Man, you know, <laughs> I got I, I'm I'm kind of stuck on that Kuz quote, man. He it's like, you know, a lot of the, the fans on here are 50-50 on Gasol. He's too slow, unathletic, but then you see the other half is just like Gasol might actually might be the glue for this team and then that Kuz quote was telling because even them even the players are like I think we might need Gasol out there you know what I mean like it's obvious you know uh, and at this point we need Gasol and it's plain and simple that's it so I'm I'm just to double check I wanted to see the actual quote there isn't an actual quote it just is a yeah, tweet from Big Ten that says Kuzma endorsed giving Marcus all playing time as one potential tweak the Lakers can do to get out of the funk they're in. Kind of a no-brainer. Get a get a defender out of the paint. You might help LeBron and AD get going, which, you know, is arguably their most important thing right now, even more important than their defense, uh, because you can always audible back to that defense um, just by going AD at the five and playing three, you know, really good uh, effort guards at the point of attack. Um, but that, that quote is qu- the, the quote is crazy because it means that we're not crazy. Uh, it, 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 it legitimizes our concerns. It goes to show you that, you know, like, it, like we're not being irrational fans here. Like the, the dudes, the dudes who are in that locker room are looking at each other and thinking like, Hmm, like this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, and hopefully having Kuz there, um, kind of voicing that, uh, that, that helps put the pressure on a little bit. Um, and, may, and maybe even if Frank doesn't do anything, maybe that pressure helps Drummond to play better. Um, so I yeah. think that kind of internal pressure is a good thing. And, and, and we forget, like, this team started, I think, what, 21-6. and six, And I believe that was with Gasol at the starting lineup. And all the numbers kind of bear out that he's playing well. And, and the team knows this. I mean, like, I, like, if we see it, they see it as well. So, I'm, like I said before, I think Drummond's in the uh, – maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I feel like Drummond's in the JaVale role, right? Like, once the playoffs happen we, – we forget JaVale started every game last year, and he <laughs> drove us crazy at times. Um, but then in the playoffs came, Dwight started a lot of the games or JaVale was benched for a lot of series. And I, I think that's what will happen now. They're still kind of playing with fire here. Um, I don't know if Marcus Saul is OK with how the, his playing time is going, being being pushed up and down uh, game to game. But I, I still think he'll be a key part. And, and the team knows this. I mean, it, it's pretty clear. Anyone who's watching can tell that Gasol helps his team tremendously on, on both ends. The crazy he, thing with the Drummond thing is or the, the Gasol thing is he's he's got another year, a year on his deal and I'm pretty sure it's not a player option or anything funky like that. Like it's just a straight up additional year on his contract. So it's like if he, he needs to be a part of your plan in some, in some way, shape or form. I mean, otherwise what was the the point of doing all of this? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it was to please AD and maybe even LeBron because I feel like they really wanted a name like Drummond or they just wanted Drummond on the team and it wasn't really what was best for the team, which for me, I think Gasol is right now best for the team because he could spread, he could spread the floor. I mean, he could shoot from long distance. Drummond's kind of like, <laughs> you know, he's, he's just kind of down low and he either gets a rebound and puts it back or he's, you know, LeBron sets him up and he misses a dunk. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's no heavy medium. And I, you know what? I, I mean, I'm, in, I'm not going to be – it's not all on Drummond. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. I mean, there, there's, I been, there's been – I mean, AD was awful. I mean, he was giving up 
his defense he don't look like AD that that's be that's be real so I can't put it all on Drummond but he's not the team just it, it, it honestly is very 2020 clipperish right now it's just kind of like they feel like they can turn it on at any time but the difference is is they're, they're not healthy that's yep. I mean that's getting serious they're not healthy and the the thought of them they think that oh yeah we have a, a switch that we can flip on at any time that it, that's not going to work this season. You know what I'm saying? Like Denver's tough. The jazz are tough. I mean, that's, I mean, as hard as it is to say the Clippers are right there. They're like the silent assassins just there, just waiting in the weeds, (laughs) just kind of ready to pounce. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we got our work cut out for us big time. Yes, we do. I just want to read that. Shout out Chase Taylor 32 sent me the Kuzma quote. Um, Kuzma says, I'm not sure what to do. I wish we could get a little more time out there with Mark. That'd be something that would pretty good for uh, that would be pretty good for us for sure. So that's a full quote from Hovan uh, Hovan Buha who just who tweeted out. So yeah, it was, it was a nice little push for Gasol, uh, but I think that's pretty clear. And uh, just to yeah. be fair, like just to be fair to AD, like this was when it was reported, both LeBron and Drum- and AD wanted Andre Drummond, right? I think that mm-hmm. was the reports. They both recruited him heavy. And the theory of Andre Drummond is still there, right? Like with an engaged Anthony Davis, two people who should be dominating the offensive rebound, who should be taking away the rim, right? Be able to move their feet. Drummond can really move his feet when he knows which direction he's going. <laughs> but like when he knows which direction he's going, he can move his feet pretty quickly, get out to the corners um, to shooters when everyone is engaged. And we haven't seen that yet. So just still give him a little bit of the, of the benefit of doubt until that happens. But um, yeah, I, for sure. I think Gasol should be, should be playing. I, I made the comparison earlier to Rondo and was saying that like, you know, there was a similar phenomenon with Rondo where the coaching staff and everyone yeah. was pushing, pushing for him against the greater, you know, knowledge of all the stats that we knew and what we were seeing with our eyes. The difference was, is like, Rondo was was <laughs> Rondo was like actively shaving points when the Lakers were actually trying and LeBron and AD were good. So that was the huge difference. Like Drummond is, has been pretty bad, but he's been pretty bad for a team that also has been pretty bad just in general. Um, so that's the one thing that kind of if, there, if you're gonna if you're gonna make a, an excuse for him, the excuse is that the team is bad right now, and so maybe that he he's kind of just being brought down with the ship, if that makes sense. And so I would, like I said before, I'd like to see, and maybe this is what the coaching staff is hoping for is just, you know, they want to, they want to get into these postseason uh, uh, environments and they want to turn these games into total rock fights. And they're hoping that, Hey, if we're in a rock fight and it's just a super physical playoff series, but LeBron and AD are being LeBron and AD, then we'll just right. win games 102 to 92, you know, and we'll just beat the hell out of teams physically. And Drummond will have some missed layups, but physically he'll just be a huge pain in the ass to deal with for other teams. And and it'll just be part of that physical onslaught of LeBron and AD. Maybe that's what they're thinking. And we'll, I guess we'll find out. But what's funny is that's what they were doing when they didn't have LeBron and AD. They were just being super physical, and that's how they were beating teams, like beating teams with really good defense, their guards being physical at the top, at the point of the attack screens and that's just all gone gone downhill recently but, but yeah maybe when that picks up Drummond will, will play better and and he can fit into more of like a, a natural scheme with uh AD and everyone uh engaged yep um AJ thanks for hopping on man we really appreciate you man yeah man thank you for having me on appreciate you all right we'll take uh we'll take one more question before we get out of here since it's super late um uh, let's try Let's try T. And T bounced out. Let's try Zechariah. Zechariah, what's up, man? Can you hear us? Nothing. All right, let's try Will. <laughs> Will, be the one for us, man. Will, can you hear us? Will? All right, no Will. Let's see. 
for the podcast version, I'll try to edit this kind of stuff out for you guys. Appreciate everyone that's in here. By the way, it's our first spaces, so just working out the, <laughs> yeah, the, the kinks. Working out the kinks. <laughs> <laughs> working out the kinks, yeah. Julian. Let's try Julian. What's up, man? Thanks for hopping on. You know what? I don't really have a, a question per se. You guys covered a lot of stuff, but um, since a lot of people were uh, coming on here and not speaking, I felt like I needed to jump on and say something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the one thing I would say, dude. I, I don't really have like um, I don't really have like the words to express like what's going on, but um, I will say this: LeBron is a psychopath. He is a psychopath. Right. This dude, like. He, for some reason, he loves, he thrives in chaos. And I don't know what it is, but like, this reminds me so much of the last, the last year bubble games, because uh, there's a lot of similarities with the whole, with the drum and uh, integration and Dion waiters, because if you would have gone back to the bubble games, you would have thought that um, Dion waiters was about to be a big piece for the Lakers rotation. <laughs> right. Just think about how many minutes they was playing him in a bubble. Like, they were playing him a lot of minutes in those seating games. He was playing 20-plus minutes a lot of nights. And there's something about the games leading up to the playoffs where Vogel and uh, the coaching staff, they like to use these games to figure out who they're going to put into the rotation and who they're going to basically bench for the playoffs. So right now I get a big feeling that uh, Trez is not going to be a big part of the, the rotation if, he, if something doesn't change. Because him and him and Drummond, they, they play a similar role. And Gasol brings something different. And even though Gasol is not playing right now, I keep telling people to be patient because I think they already know what they get from Gasol. They already know what they get from him. So, like, they don't need to put him out there to kind of to find out what he's going to give them. So, I think his spot is already kind of solidified. And you guys already kind of said something like that. I think Rods did. Um but um, LeBron is a psychopath, dude. Like, I don't – I can't even – I really don't know what's going on to the fullest, but I'm like, I don't, I'm not panicking because the, the, the more things start to go haywire, the more I know that LeBron is going to, like, kick into another gear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, Julian, first of all, your optimism is exactly what we all needed <laughs> on this part yeah. <laughs> to, co- to come in here and, and just – you know, sometimes it really is that simple, and, and let's <laughs> let's pray let, let's pray that you're right because I agree with you. I mean, I had a guy, uh, Joe is his name, is one of my friends here on Twitter who was uh, tweeting me in the middle of the Sacramento Kings game, and he was you know complaining about Anthony Davis just like the rest of us, and he was saying something along the lines of telling the story of that time AD was playing video games with Dennis Schroeder, and then LeBron FaceTimed him, and LeBron was watching the Bucks game while AD was. Uh, was playing video games and he's like I just don't think he takes it that seriously and I don't think that that's necessarily fair criticism of Anthony Davis because guess what not everybody wants to completely surround themselves with basketball all the time I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing however LeBron is a psychopath and he is completely obsessed with basketball and I think a lot of people take the fact that he's not a super polished basketball player Mm -hmm. and they twist that into a uh, like a lack of skill lack of love of the game LeBron, you know, shows his love of the game in different ways. Uh, I think I think he, his work ethic is primarily dedicated towards his body and that he works on his skill set less than some of his peers. But he is completely and psychotically obsessed with the game. And that is something that I think uh, will eventually snap into uh, snap into gear with this specific group to try to, to, to whip them into shape. Yeah, you know what? About LeBron over the years, he is the guy that – We'll step up in the locker room and, and chew him out for destroying a uh, or for leaving a road locker room messy. Like he's that and you know what? Like I, I think that might be the only reason why the guys are looking a little lost right now is because LeBron is not he's not bringing out the whip. He's not like he's not controlling every possession. He's <laughs> giving it to Caruso and standing back. And sometimes this team they 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 move at LeBron's beat a little too much. I mean they they rely on him too much, especially AD. Like, if AD doesn't see LeBron locked in, he kind of, like, lollygags or something. He tries to, like, just feel, feel his way out. And when LeBron finally snaps, which is coming, dude, you see his quote about the play-in tournament. 
it's coming. <laughs> he's going to snap eventually. He's going to get tired of it. But in a, in a roundabout way, dude, I think he don't like it easy. And I don't even know if he knows that he does this. It's like he waits for things to get so bad that he like he has no choice. He just said he said this is the worst we've been. There's no way to go but up. He just said that tonight. It's like he waits for it all, like all the wheels to fall off, bro, before he just like snaps. And when he does snap, he they do have another gear. So like when that guy say they don't have another gear, they do have a gear. They do have a switch. And it happens when LeBron snaps. And when they snap, mm. that they can turn on like this defense that's just all worldly. Like they they have another like a switch, another gear, bro. You know, yeah. When, when when you called LeBron a psychopath, what I thought of was like after that game one against Houston, and then like they pan to LeBron sitting down on the scores table, I <laughs> yeah. think, with AD, and he's like, "Okay, it's time." Um, but yeah, th- that's why I keep comparing this to the bubble games because this is the only other time I can remember like this iteration of the Lakers kind of just not playing hard. Like it's different between not playing well and not playing hard, right? You, the defense mm-hmm. usually just doesn't drop off to this level. And I was going back watching some of the seeding games. Like uh, we forget they got blown out by Oklahoma City. They were they played all their guys that game. They got blown out by uh, by Houston. That same Houston they destroyed in the second round. So. So I think you're right. LeBron is a psychopath. I guess, I guess the only difference here is, like, they still have to try to find some reps. Like, there's, like, like, mm-hmm. like we, we made fun of the Clippers to do this a lot last year, right? But, like, there's a respect to, like, the continuity and a respect to, like, the, the chemistry of the game that you have to put in a little bit, right? Like, just walking into the playoffs blindfolded and expecting LeBron to whip everyone in, in like, shape. It's just not the playoff prop. Yeah, to get a process to go. But but as me and Jason talk about a lot, this team is built around LeBron James. Like that that's the way this team is built. It's built around his shot creation. So when they don't have his shot creation, it it boils to other different issues, especially when Schroeder doesn't play and that boils onto the defensive end, not getting back in transition, turnovers, all that stuff. All com- all compounds, but like expecting LeBron I know LeBron will be there when it matters. Like I know he's going to play hard when it matters. It, to me it's not about that. It's getting everyone on that same page. So when he does turn it on, everyone can run with him right like it, he can't be going 100 miles an hour while you know someone else is going 80 someone else is going 70 because it just it just won't work so that's where i want to i want to see the team going but i don't think it's time to panic yet but like i think it's, you're right the close. bubble games are the closest <laughs> you know and, and Joe, jason i'm glad jason brought up that indie look dude like you go back and look at those bubble games from last year dude they were getting smoked by indiana bro like who was it uh tj warren was smoking them like, he looked mm-hmm. at, like, Jordan the third, bro. Like, this dude was smoking them, bro. Like, and they looked like they couldn't keep up with anybody. And, like, that's that's why it's like, I look at this, and I'm like, damn, this just, it just reminds me too much of that, bro. Where it's like, Kyle Lowry tonight looked like T.J. Warren looked last year during the bubble game, during the, the seeding mm-hmm. games. And I really don't know why, but when you see somebody like um, Hanley, Phil Hanley going on, um, on uh, Instagram and responding to people saying – you know, talking about we like basically they some people value regular season games and we don't like it. I don't know why they do it, but they do it and they are playing with fire. But like, that's what I mean by LeBron being a psychopath. This dude loves playing with fire, dude. Like he mm. loves playing with fire. Like, I, I don't know if they want to see like LeBron is using these games to be like, let me see. Um, let me see if Drummond is going to be valuable for us. Let me see if Caruso can set up Drummond. Let me like it's just these weird little things that he's doing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know why. I, mean, I, mean, I I I joke, I joke all the time that uh, you know, for people like us, if if you, if you went to go play a pickup game tomorrow and there were a hundred people in the crowd and you were run through layup lines before the game or whatever, you'd literally be covered in adrenaline because you'd be like, man, I'm playing in front of a hundred people. This is sweet. (laughs) LeBron literally has played in so many high leverage moments in his career that like he shows up in Sacramento in front of a crowd of 20,000 people and he can't really, he doesn't feel it. You know what I mean? He doesn't get stoked for that. And I think like, I think at the end of the day, like there is some truth to the fact that he thrives in adversity because it brings the best out of him. Um, But that said, like, my guess is with his competitive nature, that doesn't mean he actively seeks out adversity. I think it's just a symptom, uh, a side effect of, of, uh, of him just kind of not taking every single moment super seriously, which is, which is, which is part of the deal. Uh, but I really really want to see what happens tomorrow, bro. I really want to see what happens tomorrow because (laughs) it wouldn't be the first time this year where they laid down to, I think it was this year 
where they 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 lost to a bad team on a back to back, and then the next night they smoked. I think they did it with the Rockets, or was it, or was it the Nuggets earlier this season? They did it to somebody, where they looked like they lost to a bad team, and then the night after they smoked a good team. Yeah, I want to say they can do. It's something they yeah. can do. Yeah. I, I expect LeBron to play. I mean, look, if you look at the situation, they were down 16 when he checked out with six minutes left. And it was one of those deals where my, my guess is he was like, yeah, was done. Like, I'm, I'm a little tight. I'm a little sore. Tomorrow's a must win. Let, like, let's just let, let's let's start treatment right now. Mm-hmm. Because if I start treatment right now, I've got a better chance of, of, uh, of mm-hmm. helping my team tomorrow. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't take the sore ankle thing as a sign of concern. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not LeBron. I don't know what he's thinking, but uh, that, that's kind of that's kind of where I was at with that. Yeah, smart though, because there was no way they could really come back. I mean, I saw. I, I think it was a smart move. So when people are panicking about him saying that the ankle was sore, I wouldn't panic too much about that. I, I really just think that he started treatment early, just like you said, bro. They they mm-hmm. seen the game yeah. was out of reach, so he's like, you know what? Let's get ready for tomorrow. And as long as he plays tomorrow, dude, I don't know, dude. I got this feeling about tomorrow, bro. We'll see. I got a feeling that um, I got a feeling they're gonna shock a lot of people, bro. Because it's been a while since they played against a good team. When's the last time they played against a good team? It's been so they just been a while. They played back to back to back to back games against like Washington. It was a good team, but they don't. They're not significant in the NBA landscape, and I think the Lakers didn't take them that seriously. You had. The Kings, you had this Raptors team, and then the there's yeah. one other game in there where they were playing against somebody who wasn't uh, actively really relevant. Um, but you know, the truth of the matter is, is like that. Like tomorrow is, is it's not a must win, but it's one of those games where like <laughs> it, you would certainly think that a desperation would kick in at some point. I mean, it was desperation didn't kick in tonight, and you you certainly hope that tomorrow would be the night. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. uh, Julian, Getting we close. appreciate you hopping on. All right, bro. So much. Appreciate right. you. Yep. No problem, man. Yeah, I just wanna, I just wanna read this, uh, this LeBron quote here. LeBron James on the playing tournament from Bill Orham. Whoever came up with that shit needs to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> for whatever that's hilarious. Worth, for what, for whatever it's worth, I think complaining about the playing tournament is lame. Uh, yeah, I'm the opposite. Me. I, I love it. I think it takes away this tanking stuff. I. I, I hate no, that Oklahoma City saying. is. Oh, I think it's, I yeah. think complaining about the playing tournament is. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were playing about the playing tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love it. It takes away all this tanking, this blatant tanking. Even though Oklahoma City, all these picks and they're still tanking, doesn't make sense to me. But um, yeah, so I, I love it. And you know that's what they're facing here. Like this is the the consequence of not caring about any of these games. Like you you might fall into this this playing tournament. So well, hopefully they win against Denver. And not just the playing tournament, it all, or not just the uh, uh, the tanking. It also gets all the teams that are in the playoff on still trying. Like in right. a year like yeah. this, where where Phoenix, Utah, Denver, and, and the Clippers are all really good, like yeah. finishing six, seven, or eight isn't as big of a deal. Uh, so literally, you know, look at you look at the standings. You might think, oh, like uh, Lakers, Blazers, uh, and, and Mavericks are all going to finish somewhere in there. They might not care, but because of the play in tournament, it adds this extra urgency. So now it's not about finishing six or seven. It's about finishing six or playing. And, and that's, and that just overcomplicates it to the point where, yeah. uh, teams have to, to try hard. I, but you know, I, LeBron, <laughs> Look, I'm a huge LeBron fan, but I'm not a fan of every little thing that he says, and I, th- that strikes me as pointless complaining, <laughs> dude. Like you, you just you guys literally just showed up against a team um, uh, that was the 12 seed in the Eastern Conference and without uh, significant rotation players, uh, including you know they're one of their best scoring guards and one of their best young prospects, and and you literally just laid down yeah. and and gave up 70 in the first half, and uh, there's no there's no there's no getting mad at Adam Silver about what happened just tonight. Like that's there's no one to look out there but in the mirror. Yeah, you make a good point about that because a lot of the teams probably would be resting guys, like right, like the Clippers mm-hmm. or even us probably be resting guys if uh, if the playing tournament wasn't there. So now they have an incentive to kind of stay stay in the good seeds. But but none of this like matters if the Lakers aren't playing the way they need to. Right, it doesn't matter who they play in the first round. And that, that's what's so fascinating to me about this is like 
I really think they don't care about who they play. Like all of us as fans probably don't want them to see the Clippers, but like I would love to like know if they if they feel that way, if they like put the Clippers in some other tier than the than the Nuggets or the you know or the Jazz or, mm-hmm. or the Suns, which it doesn't look like they do because they they don't look like they care about winning these games in any time any type of official manner. So we'll see tomorrow how they treat tomorrow's game will be really telling to me. Um, but game tonight against Toronto is kind of tough to gauge because they should have won tonight just based on their talent. Um, but they didn't because their their effort was so poor that they couldn't even bridge that gap. And then Kyle Lowry took tonight personal for some reason. But uh, oh, absolutely! <laughs> I'm going to take this moment to take my personal Kyle Lowry victory lap because <laughs> if you ask yourself right now if you'd rather have Kyle Lowry and uh, Ben McLemore or KCP and 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 THD, oh, that's right, they would have had to give up Schroeder too. So maybe 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 I'll withdraw yeah. my victory lap. Um, anyway, the, uh, uh, the point is, is I, I do not take, I do not feel any remorse for talking about how freaking good Kyle Lowry is. Cause he's just really, really good. Um, yeah. uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I do think, I do think tomorrow will be, it will be an interesting game to see how they approach it, uh, uh, mentally and, and, uh, and, 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 you know, you make a good point about the, the, like trying to figure out what these teams think about each other. Like, uh, like who knows, like they're, they're, it's all matchup based, like, the Clippers yeah. very clearly are terrified of Denver. <laughs> like, like they, they, they cannot mentally handle that matchup. They just, they just completely crumble under that matchup. And then, you know, Phoenix just beats the living shit out of the Utah jazz every time they play, you know, and then, and then the Lakers have had a lot of success with Denver. You know, they went one and one against them this season. Uh, but uh, AD got hurt in the second one. And then, uh, yeah. uh, and, and like, clearly like, the, when the Lakers really turned it on against Denver in that first matchup, like Denver really crumbled and it's just, everything's all about matchups and, you know, it might literally be that simple and the Lakers for whatever it's worth, have a lot of flexibility to attack specific matchups. Um, but I, I am interested to hear, uh, uh, to see what, what tomorrow ends up being like. Yeah. I, I guess my, my final point for tonight would just be like, I've been standing watching. Like I think a lot of the fans have been also standing watching, like watching the Mavs. I think Dallas lost tonight if i'm to sacramento yeah, yeah, but like sacramento. It, I, but none of that matters if the lakers aren't playing the way they need to be right like it, there's no point in me watching dallas lose if the lakers are going to drop all these games so they have to get themselves right get get playing well get lineups that make sense that they're going to play going forward and well, they have eight games left now so i mean that's the same amount as the bubble games so i, I guess i guess may, maybe that'll be their marker to start start really pushing uh for these games uh, to start start trying and get get the effort going hopefully LeBron's mm-hmm. plays tomorrow as well um, but again yeah tomorrow will be big for me to see how the rotations play out how they defend Jokic do they do it do they do anything like matchup dependence try to scheme him out double team you know I'm just interested to see that if, if Vogel can get any actual data for how to defend Denver because if they just don't play with effort then there'll be no point you, you won't learn anything from from tomorrow's game as they didn't learn anything from tonight gave up 71 points in the first half you don't learn anything from a game tonight in my opinion. exactly nope i 100 percent agree um uh, everyone who hopped in here and listened with us i sincerely appreciate it yeah going it means to, a lot it'll it looks like judging from what i can tell from my wife's phone here that my attempted screen capture from jason tim's burner account appears to have worked um so i should be able to give you guys a full podcast version of this on the state of the lakers podcast feed you can find it on my Twitter page, you can find it on Raj's Twitter page. We usually do two or three shows a week. Uh, we may even do another one tomorrow night, uh, depending on whether or not Raj has time for it. We'll see. Um, yeah. I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Raj, I appreciate you as always. Uh, uh, we uh, Obviously, we're thankful to have all you guys hop on, give us some questions, comments, Maples and Vinay. We appreciate you guys as well, and we will see you guys tomorrow.